This is the BBC. This podcast is supported by advertising outside the UK. Hello, it's Sheila McLennan here. Thank you for downloading the Any Answers podcast. Well, today we're discussing climate change and the lack of action some young people feel is being taken. Yesterday, thousands of them skipped school to protest. Were you supporting them? Were you one of them? Call us on 0300 100 444 and tell us why you feel your views are being ignored and what you want to see happen. And if you're a teacher or a parent, did you agree with pupils missing school to make their political point? Well, it's just six weeks now to go till we leave the EU. And just to put that into perspective, it's closer than New Year's Eve was, if you get what I mean. Seven weeks ago was New Year's Eve. We've got less than that till March the 29th. We either leave with a tweaked deal that no one seems to know the detail of yet, or we leave with no deal. There's no other option currently on the table. The government seems prepared to play things up to the wire. But what about you? What if you're running a business? What are you doing? And could more cooperation across the board save things at this late stage? And we've heard that some Welsh speakers believe believe their language is underappreciated. So how could we and should we celebrate the Welsh language more? 03700 100 444 is the number to call. You can email us at any.answers at bbc.co.uk or tweet using the hashtag BBCAQ. But we're starting today with Shamima Begum, who ran away to join IS aged 15, disappearing from her London home during the February half term four years ago. She's now resurfaced in a Syrian refugee camp, heavily pregnant and desperate to come back. She isn't the first and she won't be the last. So what should be the policy for dealing with these challenging cases and how do we balance justice and public safety with compassion? First caller is Pamela. Pamela, you're calling from Flintshire in North Wales and what point would you like to make? Well, I would say, if possible, Shamima definitely should not be allowed to come back to the UK. I do feel... Too much emphasis is focused on the age of 15 when these three girls chose to leave this country. How many 15-year-olds are capable of travelling alone all those miles across so many countries to get to Syria in the first place? Well, she she obviously made a, a poor decision. Do you think she should be continually punished for that? Well, she's 19 now. I, I really believe she had... She has no um, love or loyalty for Britain. I think the only reason she wants to come back is to have her baby in the NHS hospitals and to enjoy a comfortable life um, w- with her child afterwards on benefits. It might not be a comfortable life because if she came back, she would be fully investigated and uh, it could be that she ends up in prison. We don't know that, but I mean, it's, you're, you're presuming she's coming back to a comfortable life. Yeah, well, that's what she wants, isn't it? That's why she wants to come back. Because if Syria, if if, if uh, ISIS hadn't lost in Syria, then she wouldn't be wanting to come back, would she? It is, it is difficult. I mean, I, I admit she doesn't come across as terribly sympathetic. Do you think only people who seem sympathetic should get a fair hearing? Who seem sympathetic? Well, I think she... She should be punished for what she's done. I mean, her husband, OK, he's in, he's in prison for six years. What happens when he comes out? Her loyalty to him would be far stronger than her loyalty to the UK. Mm. 
Okay. So pa- what do they get together? And then what happens? Well, her, her husband, we don't know. I don't think he is. In, he's not in prison. He, we're not quite sure exactly where the whereabouts he is. But Pamela, thank you. Thank you for, for starting off the calls today. It does seem that the urge to punish from some of our, our tweets and calls this morning is, is very strong. I want to, to move on to Nikhail Kaushik. Um, do you agree with that? Well, Nicole? it was very heartening to see a support for this girl uh, in the sense that everybody on the panel seemed to be very sympathetic to her, that she should receive all the help and legally she's entitled to this, that and the other. But I think there is a broader issue, which is that Britain should now, and indeed some other democracies, should now look at this whole business of being soft on rehabilitating such people. If uh, Shamima was to come back, then who knows, she might actually finish up as being a big celebrity. And uh, then that sends the wrong message to uh, to, to the, uh, any enthusiast who wants to emulate her uh, action. That, okay, well, let's go and do something, whatever you want to do, uh, and then come back and the British government will look after us, the taxpayer will fund us uh, uh, lifestyle, as your previous caller just mentioned. To what about, Nico, when people say, well, actually, the legal position at the moment, as far as we know, that she does still have her, her UK citizenship, um, that has not been taken away from her, for, for oh, she doesn't have dual nationality, as far as we can tell. So the legal um, position is that she is entitled to come back. They're saying at the moment that they don't have to help her come back, but if she can get back, that is the legal position. Well, if she comes back, then the government should do something to send out a very clear message that these things are not allowed. Although legally, yes, she can come back and all the rest of it. But, you know, to to then uh, spend all the time, energy and sympathy to rehabilitate her is not something that the government should be doing because it sends strong messages. And if I may just say that, you know, if she at the moment, she is in almost in labor. Uh, so... Why can't her family go to Syria and help her? Why should she only come back to Britain? And what about the Dutch uh, citizen who, who, who she married? So why can't the Dutch government take her, her back and help her in every way? So Britain I don't think the Dutch are under any obligation to help a UK citizen. But thank you for your call, Nikhil. I have to say we have a, quite a few emails coming in which will um, echo those. Um, firstly, let me be honest, I'm an English first, then British, and I've lived in Belgium now where I have dual nationality. This is Mike, age 72. You've given your age for some reason, Mike. I don't understand why they even bother to discuss this. She and the others made a conscious decision to join a terrorist group in capitals. Now they and all the rest must learn that every choice has a consequence. It is a slap in the face to others who've suffered from this barbarous group. As far as I'm aware, treason still attracts the death penalty and that is what she is guilty of. Well, I don't think we can presume that. I'm not even sure. Is treason still on the uh, statute books? I'm not sure. Ian says she voluntarily gave up her right to be a UK citizen when she became a traitor to our society. Strong views here. Harsh view, but these are the facts. We have to look after our citizens who enjoy and contribute to our society and values. I don't think um, anyone is saying, you know, just come home and not do anything else. I think, we, you know, due process should be followed. Uh, let's move on to Rosanna. Um, Rosanna, I mean, bringing some, well, not bringing someone home, but if she gets home and, and is dealt with by due um, process, surely that's not the same as, as letting someone off. Well, no, everybody's echoed really what I'm about to say. She was 15. 15 is just a number. Like at my 
time of life. A 90-year-old can be like a 70, and reverse, 70 can be like a 90-year-old. She knew what she was doing. In some ways, it would have been viewed as treasonous. We don't, nobody's really saying what she's been doing for the last four years. Can anybody tell me what she's been doing, what surveillance has taken place, what her activities have been, who is the father of the baby, the baby she wants to come back? That could be merely a ploy to get back. Okay. Knowing that this, this country is fair and kind, we're not looking at one person, we're looking at a whole country and the safety of the country. MI6, MI5, all the surveillance uh, people... They have they their bar has dropped. They don't get it as right as they used to. Okay. So we cannot totally rely on that. She's to stay where she is, have her baby out there. Well, I'm not saying she'll never come home, but what we've got to do is monitor for a good ten years and see what she gets up to. Okay. And I really mean monitor. Rosanna, I, I, I take your points. I just want to bring in a few um, tweets here from Alan. He says it's uh, a, however complex this case is, let her come back, investigate, prosecute, prosecute if necessary, attempt rehab. Don't sink to the levels of those we criticise on human rights. Um, someone else says a British subject. Why should we expect other states to take in our undesirables? And that's one thing that the Kurds in the camp, there's 36,000 people in this camp. Um, and they're saying, can uh, the people who countries that these foreign fighters have come from, please clear up their own mess. Uh, Margaret, what would you like to add? Hello, I'd like to say she should be allowed to come back to Britain. Mm-hmm. In fact, she should be helped, rescued if necessary, to get her back to her family. And my reasons are as follows. Firstly, she was a child who was brainwashed, indoctrinated, groomed, at a very important, influential period of brain like physical development, namely adolescence, which meant she was looking for a reason, she was looking for a path, and an idealistic path, and ISIS seemed to offer her that. Secondly, the United States, by going into Iraq illegally, started an illegal war looking for so-called weapons of mass destruction. They disbanded the Iraqi army and police force against the advice of people who knew, thus people who were left without salaries, any means of supporting their families, decided to form themselves into ISIS. So you feel that the responsibility from other countries goes beyond just the fact that their, their, national, their citizens are out there? Very much so. If the Americans started bombing my village, I would be very angry. I'd want to fight them. And it's about time the rest of the world stood up to the aggressive, militaristic, imperialistic foreign policy of the United States before they start the Third World War. And it's about time we took action against the malevolent influence and power of the internet. No one's controlling it. A whole generation is growing up, unable to think for themselves. And obviously, when Shamima comes back, she has to really realise that what she did is consequences. But she's suffering from post-traumatic stress, and she should be put. Uh, she should be taken to a mental health facility and treated by mental health professionals. And her parents should not lose their grandchild. What about people who say that, um, you know, agencies here are very stretched and, you know, can we afford to give these returning fighters uh, the the expert surveillance and uh, interrogation that that, uh, they need? We should not be paying for this. Who would then? Be paying. United States started an illegal war. They should be paying the medical Are you going to send the bill to Donald Trump then? Yes, exactly. (laughs) It's the United States who's starting wars here, there and everywhere. 
they should be paying the bill. Okay, Margaret, lovely to hear from you. Just before we move on to Nikki, um, we mentioned the urge to punish. Nothing wrong with that, says uh, Alan. But that's what we have the law, courts and prisons for, not public metaphorical lynchings. Uh, Ruth says she should be allowed to return and supported. She's a victim of grooming. My own views of the world have certainly changed since I was 15, uh, between the ages of 15 and 19. Uh, Have your views changed actually on just hearing as the more details emerge about this case? We're obviously we're being drip fed, um, you know, the story by the papers, but um, and a lot of stuff is being presumed at the moment. But have you, did you start off sympathetic and now not so sympathetic or or vice versa? Do uh, either um, email us at bbc.co.uk or uh, give us a call 03700 100 444 and moving on now to Nikki Prince in Norfolk. Nikki. Hello. I couldn't agree less with the last caller. Okay. My first reaction was the same as the Home Secretary's, that we should keep her out and she should stay out. And I think that was the view of a great many people because of all the atrocities that have happened abroad and here, Westminster Bridge, Manchester, and so many other incidents that are just appalling that she actually probably is in agreement with. She said herself she'd seen heads in baskets and it didn't faze her at all. That's one of the sentences that really got to me. It didn't faze her. And what did that make you feel? It made me feel that she really didn't care, that she really just wanted to come back to the United Kingdom to have her child because she'd lost two other babies. Well, tough, Mm. absolutely tough. You know, she could actually go to Baghdad if she could make her way there. Well, I think if you're just about to get but give birth, you're very limited what you can do, can't you? You know, unfortunately, she can't because she probably didn't think about it. Um, Unfortunately, law as it stands, the international law says, you cannot make a person stateless. So we're up against a brick and a hard place here. But do we not have to show that we are actually better than the lawless state that she's been living in for the last four years? That actually we do follow due legal process and, you know, everybody deserves a fair hearing. We're not saying, you know, come back and it's scot-free. You will have to answer, um, you know, for, for any actions that you had. We don't know what she's done in the last four years, but she needs to have a fair hearing. That's why we're different. That's why we're... Civilised? Can I use that word? Yes, of course we're civilised, but you can't, you can't account for the troops that are over there that lost their lives, the reporters that have been beheaded. I mean, that makes me feel, mm. that, you know, we are extremely civilised to a point. But if she comes back, they are not talking about protection. OK. No. Well, let, I, I want to move now on to Abigail. Abigail, uh, what points would you like to make? I believe you work with young people in the Prevent programme. Uh, I do. I, I work with uh, teachers to train them in child protection and yeah. preventing radicalisation and uh, work with children um, in, in terms of peace building as well through the uh, Foundation for Peace in Warrington. I think I would like to disagree with the last caller and agree with the caller before the Scottish the lady. Scottish, yeah. escapes them, uh, uh, I'm afraid. And just expand on that. And something that you said, uh, I think we are a country that strives to set humanitarian standards. We cannot lose that. There should here be some visible humanity. There are, there are some, she's a British citizen, that's a done deal. Um, I think in terms of the, uh, expanding on the points that the, uh, the lady from Scotland made, uh, there is evident, evidently some trauma, a significant degree of trauma. She was a child when she was deceptively recruited to a terrorist cult. Now, 
15, 14, they, they may just be numbers, but in the eyes of the law in the UK, they are children. Up until their 18th birthday, they are children. That's non-negotiable. So we need to just move on from the fact that, you know, she might have been a, a grown-up child. She was a child. Um, she's, she was married within a very short space of time to a, a guy who was older than her, and she was pregnant very, very quickly. So... The numbers being what they are, we will assume she was pregnant either before she was 16 or just when she was 16. Uh, you know, that says what it says. She has had two babies die in her arms. The last caller, I think, who said that, you know, so what? Oh, that's what she deserves. And I, c- I could weep that, that we can say that about anybody. Uh, Abigail. Sorry. Sorry, I was going to ask, what about people who said, um, you know, she, she does not deserve any help to get back? And, uh, yes. you know, the, the security minister, Ben Wallace, said that there's no way that anyone is being sent into unsafe uh, war zones to, to try right. and bring her back. Do you think she should be uh, enabled to return? I really do. I really do. She's a, a, a citizen of this country. She is in, she, because of the trauma, the clear trauma that Anthony Lloyd has, has uncovered, um, she deserves our protection as a British citizen. She also deserves the, the due process that you and others have talked about. I have absolutely no problem with that. I do have a problem with the trial by Twitter, which I think should be avoided at all costs. Uh, but yes, I think she efforts should be made to bring her and her unborn children back. The child could have the opportunity of a, of a, a safe life with its grandparents. I cannot begin to think what Mr and Mrs Begum are going through but the you know the chance to have a grandchild raised okay. them at least I think uh, I think the family have said that they are are happy for her to face the consequences when she she go she comes home they have cooperated with the authorities after she'd left just very briefly Abigail I just want to ask you a thing I know you work with with young people before uh, to try and prevent as, as the name suggests uh, radicalization and um, what about her um Shamina's comment that all she wants is to come back and live quietly with my child what is the do you feel is the um possibility of of someone who's been living in a brutal um regime yeah. who seems desensitized to that and, and not repentant about it of ever living a normal life you, you've hit the nail on the head there uh, she has been uh, traumatized she has been uh, brainwashed not very well-used term these days, but she has been brainwashed. That process of de-radicalisation can be effective and has been effective. Uh, there are organisations like the Institute for Strategic Dialogue. Mm-hmm. Who, this is really expert work, and this is not something that I do myself, but I do know okay. people who do it. Um, and yes, it is possible. And those people can go on to lead the dialogue around making peace and, and making sure that uh, radicalisation is okay. a road that young people choose. Okay, Abigail, thank you very much for your call. Um, if, if I think one of the um, panellists last night said that uh, you know this, this should be passed over to the um, the community that Shamina came from and the mosques maybe, and they should be doing something to to um, to help her when she returns. If that is you, give us a call 03700 100 444. But we're going to take one more call on this before we move on to the climate change question, and that is from Sean. Sean, what would you like to say about uh, oh, Shamina? Good afternoon, Sheila. Hello. Hi. Um, I just wanted to make two points. Uh, first of all, um, as Ken Clark said and, and other panellists did, that she, uh, Shamima's entitled to come back to the UK as, as, a, as a UK citizen. And uh, she ought to be treated with compassion. However, 
there needs to be due process and she needs to be closely screened and interviewed by the security services to, who need to ascertain how she became radicalised at the age of 15 in Britain, who was behind the radicalisation of her and what the current state of play is. Well, they probably have a few, probably have more than a few tabs on it here. The current state of play with this organisation, the, their, how they are, you know, how deep they are embedded within within British society and particularly within certain certain uh, corners of the Muslim community in, in the UK. Um, but yes, she should if if. But I think the interview, it was evident when she was, you listened to the interview, that she's in a, she is in a detention centre where there are other people. Now, people who are escaping ISIS, there may well be large numbers of people who were suffering under ISIS who were, because ISIS captured the town that Shamima came from, and they may be very much against ISIS and, and just suffering. You know, so take her comments in the context of, of yeah. where she is at the moment. But for her to actually be you know, openly critical okay. of ISIS would be very difficult for her in that situation because it only takes one or two people who are in the immediate vicinity to actually you know, implicate her okay. you know, in something like this. So, so, that, so she does, it does need a fair amount of compassion, but of course... If, if we could work with the Kurds and through an intermediary to get her back to Britain. But I said it needs to be treated seriously because it, she is potentially a security risk. Okay. There's no question of that. Thank you, Sean. I'm going to have to cut you off there, but it, you've made the point about the security risk. And of course, it's something that if, if you don't get right, the consequences can be catastrophic. Uh, if she has a British passport, tweets Richard, then let her come back using her own funds. Upon return, she needs to be professionally assessed to see if her true, what her true frame of mind is and whether she's safe for our society. If not, she may need to be sectioned under the Mental Health Act. Um, keep your tweets coming, hashtag BBCAQ. But we're going to move on now to um, the big story yesterday, which was school children skipping class to protest about climate change. And we've got Steve Ross Talbot calling from West Sussex. Steve. Hi, hi. I must say the last issue. Your last two callers just got me off the fence and I agree with them. Oh, right. I thought they were amazing. Thank you. Glad, um, glad we've done so our duty today. You've changed, they changed my mind. I was on the fence. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, the, uh, it's the, a complex It's a complex one, that, it's isn't it, Steve? Yeah. So uh, the, I could have literally rung up about any of the issues that, were, that have been raised on the programme prior to this. Uh, and I picked this one because of all the issues for me... The issue of climate change is by far the biggest and the one that is, oddly enough, least dealt with both by the media and by government um, action across benches and, and across nation states. And I heard on the, from the panellists that they talked about seeking permission, um, and this is not about permission. That, that actually detracts from what this is about, and it's not about getting young people involved. They are involved. They've demonstrated that very ably. This is about listening to them and hearing what they're saying, because this is a crisis, as was suggested by one of the panellists with the report on, on, on insects facing extinction. Mm -hmm. This is a crisis. I mean, and, you, you talk about um, asking permission. Some people have said, I mean, you know, because it was done on a school day, I mean, some, some kids will have been, some young people, sorry, will have been on half term last week as well as this coming week. Um, but they're saying, why couldn't they have protested on a Saturday? Um, well, let, let's look historically. Um, it, it, it's terrible if you, if you take that to its logical conclu conclusion. But all those students that were gunned down in the Soweto riots of 76 didn't seek permission or didn't pick mm. a better day. 
It's not about a better day. It's not about seeking permission. Well, they'd say we're running out of better days as well. Do you agree with them? Sorry? I I completely agree with them. They've raised a very, very, very important issue that climate change is not being dealt with as a crisis. Well, let's let's hear from um, a couple of people that were actually, I think, on the protests. And first of all, that's Harriet. Thank you for that, Steve. Harriet? Hello. Yeah, you were on the protest. Yes, I was. What, What do you want to happen? So we were striking because we're wanting urgent, large-scale and prominent action from the government in response to climate change. Because we do actually, we acknowledge that there are measures being taken to address climate change. However, they they are too slow-paced and there is no sense of urgency to what's actually happening. And it's actually, the action is fragmented across constituencies and sidelined by Brexit politics. And this is what we were frustrated about yesterday. Well, Brexit does have a stranglehold on, on politics for the, yeah. for, at, the, at the moment, but obviously there is a reason for that as well, Harriet. But h- how worried are you about climate change and how worried are you and your, your friends? Well, we are, we are incredibly worried because it is obviously the biggest problem that humanity is going to be facing in the future. And there doesn't seem to be... There needs to be a, almost a global wake-up call for everyone to acknowledge the actual catastrophe that will be happening with the current rate of climate change. I mean, I heard a few things that people were suggesting, like, you know, eat uh, less meat, um, tax yeah. on fuels, uh, you know, our addiction to foss- fossil fuels. Um, quite a lot of um, emails have come in today. And I want to put this to you, Harriet, because it said that it's all very well to protest. But what are you doing yourselves in your own lives? And someone talks about uh, using your phones and computers for pointless social media activities. Mm-hmm. This is Peter, not me. Um, and saying that, you know, are, are you are you changing the way you live your life well yes certainly as i know from my perspective i've made great changes in my life to reduce the amount of plastic waste i've tried to at school we've been putting in measures to cut down the plastic waste that is being put in at school but and it is obviously up to consumers to make the right decisions but the fact is that a lot of consumers aren't able to make um to buy ecologically friendly products because they're often more expensive Mm -hmm. So it is up to the government, in a sense, to reduce the amount of choice that people actually have to make sure that everyone can be able to change their lifestyle to make it more ecologically friendly. Um, And would you do it again? Um, Yes, I think it would. If it needs to make the point, then yes, I would do it again. Harriet, Harriet, thank you very much for for calling us. Malachi, moving on to you now in Belfast, what would you like to say? thing I'd like to say is God preserve us from all these sanctimonious children who continue to gobble up the, the Earth's resources. I don't see any of them refusing to go on holidays to Disneyland or getting uh, fancy shoes or clothes or t- uh, get, uh, uh, taking... It's a bit a harsh, day. isn't it, Malachi? Take away. It's, it's crazy. Uh, all these brainwashed children. But it's not. It's 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 going beyond the subject, Malachi. Does it say that they don't feel they're being listened to? And from if they're listening to you now, they'd probably say, "Well, that just proves our point." No, no. Li- 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 here's what I'm saying: the success of capitalism dictates that we use more and more. So we cannot continue this type of capitalism and have a, a healthy planet. So this, we must make the start in modifying the nature of capitalism. And that's where we got to come from. OK. And that's the main point that I would make. OK, thank you for that, Malachi. Clive on Twitter saying all the time China, the US and Russia go on the way, uh, the long as they go on the way they are with fossil fuels, children are getting 
uh, not getting to school for the day won't make any difference. So they're wasting their time. Some of the people said they could have easily protested a day without impacting their education. MPs were not even sitting when they marched. That was Mark on Twitter. And uh, Peter, our politicians have ignored the views of young people regarding their future in regard to Brexit. No wonder they've had to resort to strikes and protests in an attempt to draw attention to their future concerns over the environment. And so we go to our, our call now is Aaron. Aaron, what would you like to, to say about the, the climate strikers? Hi. Um, oh, hello, Aaron. Well, I wasn't I, expecting to be so young. <laughs> hi. So hello. I was attending the strike on yep. Friday. Um, I, I think the lack of action from the government has been absolutely appalling. Uh, they've just had, everyone's just been going on with circular conversations about Brexit um, and not thinking about this crisis which is facing us. How old are you, Aaron? 13. 13. I mean, one of the things that people are talking about is, is, is they admire the passion, the eloquence and the commitment of, of some of the young people on this march and, and saying, well, you know, one of the things is, is lower the voting age to 16. Is, is that what they should do and give you a, a chance to, to make an impact? Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, I think 16 is uh, old enough to decide about, like, what your future is going to be, I think. Um, yeah. And you miss school? Uh, yeah, I did miss school. As Alan Fisher on, on Twitter says, as school students protest on a Saturday defeats the purpose. It was a strike. Who strikes on the day off? Would you agree with that? Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. Um, and I think the fact that we're having this discussion now just shows like how much of an impact uh, this protest is having. But it needs to have more of an impact. The government actually needs to take some action now. Okay. Uh, I think they need to look into... Uh, imposing things like a carbon tax and, yeah, as you said, lowering the voting age, yeah. And Aaron, we're, ne- we're nearly out of time. So you say that young people's voices aren't heard. They're being heard now. Very briefly, a couple of seconds, tell me what is the main thing you want to, to be done? I want them to recognise that it's a crisis and actually do something about it. Aaron, thank you very much. And that is all we've got time for today. Thank you for all your calls and tweets. Uh, Julian Warrocker will be here next Saturday for your comments following next Friday's Any Questions, which will be coming from Tewkesbury. Till then, enjoy your weekend. Bye-bye.